Yesterday I was in Campobello, South Carolina. Anybody know where that is? That's near Spartanburg. Actually, I think actually I was in Inman. Close enough though. And um, we were at a family get-together and it was 180 degrees, hot. We ate good, good food. Um, Boston butt. You ever had Boston butt? I love that stuff. Love eating butt. Not Boston, but, um, and it's just a great, great day. We're sitting out back um, at the pool, and here's what, here's what I saw yesterday, and here's what I want you to get today. My kids and about five other kids are doing, they're jumping off the board, the dime board, they're, they're doing um, flips off the board if they can or can't, they're still trying. Like one of the guys there would, um, I think he was trying to do a front flip, but he would kind of like do this side corkscrew weird thing, and then bam, like he'd hit like on his side. Or And then there was another guy there that was teaching people actually how to do belly flops. Not like just stand up there and just fall over, but like literally run up, bounce off the board, spread eagle, and then boom. And so we're watching one of the kids try to do that, and he'd get really close to the water, and he'd pull in. You know, at the last at the last second, all that's going on in the deep end. Under the tree out back is one of Wendy's cousins and and their children, and they're not anywhere near the water because they don't like the water. And so we had just heard how they'd gone to the beach last week, and they really enjoyed the sand, but they didn't get in the water. And then as the day went on and the temperature went up, it suddenly was 190 or whatever it was yesterday. It was very hot, and um, eventually. Those children worked their way towards the pool. They kept getting closer and closer and closer. And then one of the the girls, was she was now on the step. And then she was on the next step. And I think that might have been as far as she got. But she was in the pool. And she would kind of splash the water up on her. And her mom would get in and kind of splash the water on her. And while all that's going on in the shallow end, in the deep end, they're still doing the belly flop fails. And the, um, tr- now they're trying to do back flips. And even one of the kids who's not the best swimmer in the world would, I don't know if I should say this because it's going to make you never send your kids with me anywhere, but he would throw like one of those flotation devices in and try to jump on it. And if he missed it, he could at least swim good enough to get it before he went to meet Jesus. (laughs) The point here is this, and I, I really want you to understand something. Lots of different levels of swimming. Obviously, lots of different levels of comfort about being in the pool, but they're all in the pool. And I'm sitting here, we're singing this song, and I'm thinking about, you know, like we're going to talk about fasting and just some of the stuff we're, we're dealing with. It's, I want you to understand something. You can go as deep as you want to go. And for some of you, you know, in worship, this is, this is where you are. You're on the second step, and water's kind of up to your knees, and, you know, going deeper in worship for you is, I think I know those words, I'm just going to close my eyes and sing. And that's deeper for you. And that's a good thing, right? And then some of you are, I mean, you're like worshipers from way back. You've been, I mean, you, you just, songs like that one, you know, we wait for you to, to show us your glory. You're just kind of like, you know, it's like you want to run around the building and scream and go whatever, or you want to fall on your face. 
I mean, you are, you've been, worship fused deep in stuff. You're just like, you're doing diving boards, flips. I want you to get this, okay? Our church is a place. Just get in the pool. Just find where you are and be there. I've been in churches where you felt bad if you didn't do it the way they did it. I've also been in churches where, like, there's somebody in the back corner and they're just kind of standing there singing, but they mean it and it's all from their heart. And at the opposite end, there's a person who's, like, drawing stuff and painting stuff and doing things that the person in this back corner would never probably do, but it all just went together because it's a pool and everybody's just in the water. I love that. That's what God's heart is for the gathering. You can go as deep as you want to go. And we don't ever want to be, sometimes what we do is we just put the, you remember that rope that you used to put in the pool? And it had the like red and white floaty things on it. And you would always try to push them to one side or the other or spread them out evenly or jump over it. And the lifeguard would always go, don't sit on the rope. Lots of times what we do is we just decide we're putting a rope up, and from here to the shallow end, that's going to be our church. That's our niche. So we don't do the deep stuff because we just want to minister to the people that are scared of the deep stuff, and so we're going to keep everything right here. And then some churches put that rope up, and they say, we're doing the deep stuff. So if you don't like the deep stuff, hope you don't drown because this is where we're going to be. And, And God's heart is... It's a pool. Just jump in. Get in. And I bet you what will happen is you start to sense the presence of God. You start to feel like, man, he's meeting my, he meets me right where I am. And you're like, you're like the, the kids that just kind of got closer and closer. And first step in the water was, my ankle's like this. I'm going to go down to my knees. Well, I hadn't drowned yet. I'm going to go one more step. Just take another step. Just take another step. That's the cool thing about God. You just jump in where you are. Just worship. Just give them what you got. You know, this morning we talk, we're kicking off this new series on fasting called Beyond Hunger Games. This morning we, get to, we start talking about this. You know, right away some of you, you're thinking, fasting? Gee, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if I could ever go without food for even an hour. Of course, that's all the teenage boys in the house, right? Um, some of the parents of the teenagers are like, I really wish that my kids would go without food for a week. Grocery bill would go down. It'd be awesome. Some of you have fasted before for days. So th- these kind of things, it's like you just got to kind of jump in where you are. Does that make sense? And not feel bad for being where you are. Um, you can turn to John chapter 4. We'll be there eventually. Let me just go ahead and admit something right up front. There's going to be times that um, I'll share things or, you know, somebody teaches things and it's because they've mastered them. They, um, or at least have experienced them to the point that they've got some kind of idea that, you know, hey, what I'm talking about, I I really know. I'm an expert in it. I'm proficient. Fasting for me, this is not going to be one of those topics. I'm learning like you are, okay? This is the kind of stuff that, some people know a lot about this, and I'm probably not one of them. Um, I want to teach you what I'm learning. I want you to know that I'm growing with you in this area, um, and probably I'm not alone. And the reason I know that is because I asked a question on Facebook this week, and here are some of the responses that I got. 
So what's the first word that pops in your mind when you think of fasting? Crazy? Favor? Food? Intercession? Sacrifice? I love this one. Dumb. It said dumb. It messes up the body. Hunger, sacrifice, submission, prayer, hunger, self-control, devotion, pain, fear, sacrifice, commitment, cleansing, sacrifice. Here's another good word, ugh, U-G-H, ugh. And they said, don't know if that's a word, but that's what comes to my mind. Do I have to? Hungry, focus, one person put grieving the body in order to force a reliance on Christ. Power, desperation, answers, direction, power, sacrifice, breakthrough. Apparently, I'm not the only one who doesn't quite know how to nail down what fasting means. Uh, ask a simple question like that, get 32 different answers to what's the first word that pops in your head. Um, fasting is an underused and often misunderstood discipline of the Christian faith. And my goal this morning is just to, to try to explore kind of what it is, what it isn't, how it should be done, how it shouldn't be done. We'll take some weeks to do that, but today I simply want to clarify, give us a simple definition of fasting that we can kind of wrap our brain around, and then we'll explore it more in the weeks to come. Um, we typically think of food, is that right? That's normal because typically when you read about fasting in the Bible, they're talking about food. Um, but for our purposes, I wanted to define it a little more broadly than that. So at the top of your sheet, here's what I want you to write down. When we fast, we create a physical void. When we fast, we create a physical void and we trust it to be filled spiritually. When we fast, we create a physical void and trust it to be filled spiritually. Now, all of this kind of comes from a couple weeks ago we talked about Jehoshaphat. And um, you can go back online and look at that. If you weren't here, it would be worth your time to, to look at that. It's the last teaching in our previous series. And we talked about how they were kind of stuck. They were blindsided. They, were, they didn't know what to do next. And so Jehoshaphat called a fast for the people. And while they fasted, God gave them vision and he gave them victory so that you create a physical void you fast you create a physical void hunger you trust that it will be filled spiritually he gave them vision spiritual vision he gave them victory in a way that only he could give victory and they could never do that so when we fast we create a physical void and we trust it to be filled spiritually we're just going to take the time this morning just to kind of talk through that statement number one we create a physical void let me just say this right up front. This is not a new thing for any of us. We all understand what a void is, right? We live in a country where advertising is built on the foundation of voids and filling this. If you watch TV and you watch an advertisement, what are they basically saying to you? You don't have what we're selling and you need to go get it. You have a void in your life, so make sure you go out and buy it. And if you're like me, you've bought stuff before that you didn't really need just because you thought maybe you did. Advertising is based on um, showing people they have a need. Anybody fly? You ever go flying? You ever pull out the Sky Mall catalog? 
You know what I'm talking about? The the one that's got like the really weird, cool gadgets that cost like five times more than they really should cost. And I always look at those magazines and I just wonder, well, one, I do think the gadgets look cool. But I always wonder who buys this stuff? I mean, SkyMall has a has a market for somehow they're effective at, at getting somebody to believe that you really do need this like roast beef roaster that you can plug into your cigarette lighter. Somebody buys that. I don't know who sees it and goes, I need that. But it creates a void. They, they, you don't have it. You need it. And so they always are creating a void. Literally billions of dollars are, spilt in our, are spent in our country based on voids. A while back we talked about stuff and just the storage industry and how much it's grown just because people keep buying. They keep buying. They keep buying. Because we totally understand voids. Totally. But fasting is about you and me intentionally and temporarily creating voids in our lives. Let me just explain this. This is not about just having a void. This morning when we prayed, some of you raised your hands because you're praying for somebody and you're tired of praying. You have a void in your life. That relationship is a void. Sometimes life creates a void. If you've ever lost your job, you know what that's like because suddenly you had money and then you lost your job and you didn't have money and you had a void instead. If you've ever had a relationship fall apart, maybe you were dating somebody and you, I can't, I've never had this happen to me, but you asked them if they would marry you and they said no. I mean, that, or maybe you, you were married and now you're not married. Maybe you were close to somebody and they died and passed away. I mean, maybe whatever it is, relationships, that's, that's a void. I mean, I'm not just talking about, fasting isn't about just recognizing I have a void. Fasting is about creating a void. I mean, intentionally creating a void. Look at the person next to you. Fasting is about them actually making a decision to create a void. And that does not make sense to us. It makes no sense at all. Fasting can be done from food. And you would create a void nutritionally. Fasting can be done from media. You can create a void recreationally. Fasting can be done from people. And some of you are like, yes, I'm signing up for that one. Just put me on an island somewhere. Just give me all the food I could ever want, but don't let me see a soul. You can fast from people. You can create a void relationally. What I want you to understand is that when you fast, you create a physical void. Okay, you got that? Makes sense. You create a physical void. All right, number two. And we trust it to be filled spiritually. This is the key part of fasting, and this is the part that most of us will fail on. We can decide to create a physical void by going a day without food, but what do we put in its place? That's the question, right? So, I love this. Fasting breakfast by sleeping late. That's not fasting. Right? Because you, you created a physical void by not eating breakfast, and you filled it with something physical. You slept through it. Um, fasting, I love this, you, um, fasting lunch. What would you do during, while you fasted lunch? Well, I, I, was, I was reading this, this novel. That's not fasting. 
Fasting dinner and watching TV is not fasting. All those are, that's just skipping meals. That's all that is. You fast something, you create a physical void, and then you fill it with something physical. We, we, we don't, we fill it with something spiritual. We create a void, we do that well, but then we fill it with something other than God. Skipping a meal is a bad way to try to fast. That's just wasting a meal. I mean, if, if that's the whole, if the whole goal is, I'm just going to not eat, and instead of sitting down to the table for 15 minutes to eat, I'm going to sit down in front of the TV, and I'm going to watch Fox News for 15 minutes instead. All you did was make a decision not to eat, and you just skipped a meal. And I would say, in God's eyes, you're much better off to go ahead and eat. Fasting is not about just skipping meals. It's creating a physical void and trusting it to be filled spiritually. What makes a fast different from a diet is that it's a spiritual exercise, not a physical one. And so that's why um, I love that comment, you know, what's the first word that pops your mind about fasting? And she said, ugh. The reason why we have that reaction to fasting is because we're so consumed with the physical side of it that we can't see the spiritual nature of it. I, um, I've got one clip to show you um, from a while back. It's a Snickers commercial. Hopefully it'll help make some sense of all this. You're playing like Betty White out there. That's not what your girlfriend said. Oh, baby. Oh, 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 Eat a Snickers. Better? Better. Hey. I'm up there. That hurt. You're not you when you're hungry. Snickers satisfies. All right. So some of us, that is our whole fear of fasting. Is if I fast, if I go without food, I might become like, I might turn into some other person. I'm not myself. I'm not going to have the nutrition. I'm going to get the shakes. You ever get the shakes when you hadn't eaten in a long time? See, it's because we, we honestly, we cannot even see past the physical of being without food or without Facebook or without Twitter or without TV or whatever. We can't even see past the physical to even entertain the fact that it's possible that on the other side of that, that void could be filled spiritually. I want you, you turn to John. Let's just look at this real quick. It's an interesting passage where Jesus kind of introduces this spiritual fills the physical principle. John chapter 4. Now listen, this is a chapter where Jesus has been talking to the woman at the well. You can read the whole thing in, in, from the beginning of chapter 4. Great story about how Jesus said, I have to go through Samaria. He meets a woman there, um, and he has this conversation with her, and he kind of he leads her to him. I love that. I kept thinking, I wanted to put in here, uh, this is a conversation where Jesus led her to the Lord. But that's church speak for he just talked to her about following him. So if you'll just repeat after me. <laughs> he just talked to her. He just said, follow me. And so he's having this conversation with her. Um, she's a woman who is, has, a, has failed at relationships. Five exes. Hope she had good lawyers. Five exes, and she had a current live-in boyfriend. And, she, and he led her to salvation in him. So his disciples walk up after that kind of an, that ministry exchange. His disciples walk up. In verse 31, we pick up the story. Let me, let's just read it real quick. 
John chapter 4, verse 31. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you don't know about. Verse 33. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, Jesus said in verse 34, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So let's just walk through that little discussion right there, okay? Jesus is ministering. He's probably skipped lunch because he's talking to this woman at the well. He's, he, Jesus, has created a physical void. He didn't eat because he's trusting it to be filled spiritually. He's ministering to a woman at the well. And his disciples walk up and they said, um, Jesus, maybe you should get something to eat. You look famished. And he said, I don't need anything to eat, man. I'm good. I've, I've, already, I've already eaten. And the disciples are looking around going, where did he get food? I mean, there's no Chick-fil-A's around here. Where did, he, where did he find the And if he got it food, why didn't he get us some food? Where, where's, where'd you get the food? In verse 34, Jesus introduces this principle that we're talking about. The spiritual fills the physical. And he said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So I don't need to eat right now, guys. I'm good. So you're not, you're not even hungry? I mean, if, if we could step into time and ask him this question, Jesus would say, Mama, I'm good. I'm really, really good. I am nourished because my food is to do something spiritual. He fasts. He's skipping something. He's creating a physical void, and it's being filled spiritually. Now, I know Jesus is not talking about fasting, but the principle is what fasting is all about. When we create a physical void, however we do it, food, entertainment, whatever, we don't look for it to be filled with something else that's physical. It's the spiritual element that makes fasting the powerful discipline that it is. Without the spiritual element, fasting is just a diet. And there's probably better ways to lose weight than just deciding I'm not going to eat for a week. So, fasting is creating a physical void, trusting it to be filled spiritually. And I want to close out, number three, I want to give you four reasons to fast. And um, you can jot all these down um, because when you scan that awesome QR code, um, you'll realize that I did not upload the outline. And so you, I will later. You can get it off the, off the Internet later. But if you just want to write these down, jot fast. If you miss any of them, we'll have the outline online. The outline online later this afternoon. Four reasons to fast. Number one, pain. First reason to fast is pain. When things go badly. Here's a couple of examples. 1 Samuel 1.7, Hannah. There's fasting in the nursery right now. <laughs> Second example, 1 Samuel 31, 11 through 13. At Saul's death, they fasted. Jot down 2 Samuel 12.16. When David's son was sick, he fasted. Daniel 6.18 through 20. When Daniel was thrown in the lion's den, the king who had to throw him in the lion's den because he had been outfoxed by his other leaders fasted for Daniel to be okay. Nehemiah 1.4, Nehemiah fasted. All of those are related to pain. They were all fasting because things had gone badly. Things were going badly and they just fasted said, we're in pain, we're mourning, we need you, God. Number two, preparation. You can fast because you're in pain when things go badly, or you can fast for preparation when, when you're waiting for things to go. How many of you can relate to that? You ever feel stuck? 
Yeah. You feel stuck. Well, here's some examples in Scripture where people, they fasted because they felt stuck. They were preparing for something. They were waiting for things to go. Esther is one of those examples. Esther chapter 4, verses 15 through 16. She was preparing to go before the king to try to save her people from sudden death or from certain death. And she knew that if he did not accept her, she was going to die. And so she said, hey, guys, do me a favor. How about fast? Well, I prepare myself, and then I'll go stand before the king. The early church in Acts chapter 13, verses 2 and 3. I love that passage. It says that they're all gathered together worshiping and fasting, and while they're worshiping and fasting, God said, hey, Paul and Barnabas, take those guys and set them apart and send them out for me. And one of the things I'm excited about at our church, we start fasting, we start worshiping, we start doing these things. You know what's going to happen? God's going to start putting his hand on some of you and saying, hey, send them out. Raise them up. That's what God does. We, we don't just worship so we feel good. We definitely don't fast so that we'll feel good. We do all these things so we can set ourselves apart, so we can say, hey, God, we're preparing, we're ready. And then he says, now, set them apart for me. That's what they did in Acts chapter 13. Some of you right now, you're thinking, I mean, I've lost you. I lost you at the point where I said you might not be able to eat for a meal. I mean, that's how, that's how ingrained comfort is in our society. You're still kind of back at point one going, like, does it have to be food I like? What if I just, I don't know, fast from spinach? Because I'm personally on a lifelong fast from green vegetables. It's great. Moses, that's another example of preparation, Exodus 34, 27 and 28. In Judges chapter 20, verse 26, all of Israel, the entire nation, fasted as they prepared. And if all those weren't compelling enough reasons for us to fast so we can prepare ourselves for ministry, how about Jesus? Yes, the Son of Man and Son of God. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 2, when he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness and spent 40 days fasting so he could prepare for his ministry on earth. So we can fast because of pain. When things go badly, we can fast because of preparation. When we're waiting for things to go, we can fast for perspective when we need things to go differently. And lots of times that just starts with us seeing differently what we're going through. Um, Samuel... He fasted to gain perspective in 1 Samuel 1, 7. In Joel chapter 2, verses 12 through 15, you'll see that they fasted so they could repent and gain perspective. And in Jonah chapter 3, verses 5 through 9, they fasted, the whole nation of Nineveh, the whole city of Nineveh fasted so they could gain some perspective. They said, hey, we have we're sinning, we're going to fast and gain perspective and bring God into the situation. Some of, some of us, we need to fast to gain perspective. You just don't see things clearly. Fast to gain perspective. And the last one, um, this is preservation. When things just need to keep going. And, and the point here is, sometimes, it's funny, Bridget talked about this upstairs earlier this morning with kids who are going to camp. Um, lots of times we do things like this because we're desperate, and I totally get it. That's what pain's about. That's what preparation's about. That's what perspective's about. I mean, we are very, very aware of a void in our lives. 
We're very aware of, oh, God, if I don't hear from you, I am in serious trouble. But this last one, preservation, I want you to see in Scripture two examples where they just made fasting a discipline in their lives. They weren't, they weren't facing some big crisis. They just decided, I'm going to make this a discipline that I'm going to practice on a regular basis. That's what, kind of what First Tuesdays are about for our church. We just want to make it a, a discipline, a regular discipline. Anna is one of them in Luke chapter 2, verses 36 to 37. You read that story, you find out that Anna married her husband. She was only married to him, I think, for seven years, and then he died. So what did Anna do with her life? She immediately got on eHarmony. No. She actually dedicated herself to the temple. She went and stayed there, and the Bible says that she spent her life fasting and worshiping Jesus in the temple, waiting to see the Messiah come. And so when Jesus was brought in to be um, dedicated back to God, she got to hold him. And that was, she fasted regularly. She had a daily discipline in her life. She didn't do it for, she had some huge need. She just, this is my life. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a faster. And then the second example, just jot down Matthew 6, 16 through 17. It's not a specific person, but this is um, part of the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is teaching, and he's teaching about fasting. And he just says this. It's an important statement. He says, when you fast. He didn't say, if you fast. Perhaps on a whim you decide to fast. He said, when you fast. I mean, I think Jesus is just teaching there with the understanding that people are going to fast. So when you fast, fast like this. And we'll get into some of those particulars the next couple of weeks. Our goal today, let's just kind of land this plane. Our goal the first week is simply to clarify what fasting actually is. And it is creating a physical void and trusting it to, to be filled spiritually. My, my guess is... That most of us probably can look at voids in our lives. We can look at those four reasons, pain, preparation, perspective, preservation. We can think of a reason or two why we probably should start fasting immediately. Right? I mean, how many of you can think of a situation right now in your life? Yeah, I probably need to start fasting. Um, I'm I'm not going to tell you you can't start fasting. You can start whenever you want. But let me just do this. As we're going through the series, we kind of examine some ins and outs of fasting, maybe how to fast, maybe the best way not to fast. Um, if you want to go ahead and start fasting, let me just give you this one word of caution and instruction. Just start slowly. Um, don't go out of here and say, I'm going to do a month-long fast, unless you've already done a 25-day fast. Um, if you've never fasted before and you're like, I want to give this a shot. I'm going to create a physical void in my life. From I'm going to not eat food or I'm going to I'm going to fast from social media. I'm going to fast from music, whatever it is, from TV. I, if whatever you decide to try, two simple steps. One, start slow. So if you've never done that before, fast a meal, fast a show. Wheel of Fortune might be a good place to start. And then take the time that you would have spent eating, the time that you would have spent watching the wheel spin around, and just give that time to God. Read the Bible. Pray. Just trust Him to meet the need spiritually. Make sense? My guess is that when we do that, fasting will begin to move beyond hunger games. And you'll find yourself in a, in a realm with Jesus that you have not been in 
for a long time.